the Madonna Get Together Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne, and I really, really want to be with you. All right, so welcome. This is really exciting for me. This is my first podcast, and it's all about Madonna. I have a co-host for today only, DJ Joey. Hi. What's up, everybody? (laughs) Do you like that, like, DJ Joey? Yeah, sure. Or Joey? Yeah. Okay. And so Joey and I are friends, Mm -hmm. and we only just became friends probably within the past year. A year or so. Stonewall? uh, Yep. Stonewall Mm -hmm. Sports. Look it up. Um, We met at a Friendsgiving. Uh You were wearing that hat. And Uh I said, oh, nice hat. The hat I'm wearing tonight? Yeah. I said, did you get that from one of the tours? Mm -hmm. And it's the Vogue hat from the Rebel Heart tour, Uh correct? Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, Vogue, did you see Rebel Heart? And we just started talking, and then I cornered you for like... And two we, hours. It's and been just... like that forever. <laughs> Since the first Every day. time we come right. into contact with each other, we always talk about Madonna. Um, but we don't just talk about it. We like obsess about yes. it and occupy not just our own time, but everyone else's time around us. And it appears, it might appear to the outsider that we're like, um, you know, when you're at a party and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to go save that person because they're being cornered um that's not the case we we corner each other and like we do it's an inside joke with our friends we went on vacation this year to the beach for a week and um the inside one of the many inside jokes from the week is let's talk about madonna yeah and and we can always talk about it and what (laughs) i've realized as i've talked to you about it is that we like madonna Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also don't always have the same opinion Correct. about some of her projects. Correct. Um, the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because prior to like April or May when we went into quarantine, I've never listened to a podcast, but I think I came across a podcast in like April or May and it's called Inside the Groove. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't. Okay. So it's by this guy. His name is Edward Russell. He had been managing a website, a Madonna fan site, for years. I believe it's Madonna Rama, or um, sounds familiar. <laughs> but he's been doing it for years, and so what he does is he takes her songs and deconstructs them. Okay. So he has access to the stems or the um, the multi tracks. Cool. And he will deconstruct it. The first one he did was Vogue, uh-huh. and so he like had the demo, the multi track everything and he talked about like where the inspiration came from and he really goes in deep so if you have not heard it i would recommend checking i'm sure out she appreciates that groove. deeply <laughs> she probably hates that but <laughs> yeah i'm sure she would hate the that the thing is is like um he's been contacted or he's reached out to some of the writers of the songs mm-hmm. like open your heart the guy mm-hmm. the writer of that reached out to him and told him like the whole story of how it ended up on like a demo that um the studio the record company didn't want to hear at first and then he snuck it onto like a demo tape and then that's how she ended up hearing it and he the the writer or um i believe it was the writer was dating donna dory at the time Mm. so donna dory is the one that sang the demo of open your heart which prompted madonna to want to have donna dory come and and audition to be one of her background singers Mm -hmm. so like tell it all with the shit yeah (laughs) um so I think are we that... gonna cuss? Can we cuss? What's the what? what are the yes, okay. I should have told you that before. Okay, I thought no about holds that. barred. Okay, and because we disagree, okay. 
the calls will come out. Oh, we're going to disagree. The calls will li- yeah. are literally out We'll be already. respectful. We'll be professional. It is our, like, I'm, I'm drinking listeners. white claws. You're I'm having rosé in, in Madge's honor. Yep. Yeah. Um, but Inside the Groove is, is really great. You should check it out if you haven't heard it already. Um, and, and he had Andre Betts on there. He reached out to Andre Betts and did a podcast with him. Nice. So, because they Andrew, talked about... come work with Wayne. <laughs> he talked about, like, Rescue Me and Vogue, and he knew what Madonna was wearing the, the day she recorded Vogue and everything like that. So, um, I thought that was really cool. And then um, I thought, oh, I want to do something. I want to do a podcast. And my partner, Oz, I give him credit because he helped me get some of this stuff set up for this podcast. But... He listens to a bunch of podcasts all the time, and I overhear, and I'm like, I could do that. I want to do that. So I was like, I only know one other person that really likes Madonna in person. I was uh-huh. like, I want to do, I want to co-host with DJ Joey. And I reached out to you, and you're like, No, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I did. No, thank you. Yeah. Um. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> and I'm like, But wait, <laughs> here's why we should do it, and here's why it would make sense. Um. So I started doing more homework, and I realized there's three other podcasts, or there's probably more, of Madonna podcasts out there. There's Immaculate Podcast, hosted by a guy, uh, two friends, Stephen and Justin, and they're really great. They actually, I reached out to them to say, like, hey, I want to start a podcast. Tell me some of the the, the things that you learned from doing this. And um, they were really great and sent me this, like, email of, like, okay, here's the mic you want to get. Here's, like, everything you want to get. Um, and so this is immaculately um, recommended. This is like yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> From the immaculate podcast, I okay. I bought the mic that they said that I should rec. Uh, Which we're going to talk about tonight. It's yes. Point. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but they are great because they have a really great dynamic because Stephen is really energetic and he's kind of like. When I think about how I think about Madonna and I think about um, quotes I'm going to say, hmm. and we may quote things from like Truth or Dare, we might quote things from Desperately Seeking Susan, and we might quote things from, I don't know. Which you but always remember more accurately than, than I. Even tonight, you, you threw one on me, and I was like, huh? Like, literally <laughs> responded to you, H-U-H question mark, what are you talking about? Are you talking to the right person? And I didn't catch it, because we're, um, we're different Madonna fans. We are. And there's no right or wrong Madonna fan. We're just different. And um, myself being a DJ, I'm, I'm um, obviously more attracted to the artistry of the music. Um, and we have even have different favorite eras. And I think at one party, over many parties, that we cornered each other in the, in the, in the hallway um, and tried to... Um, rate Madonna albums or eras or who knows the many conversations we argue about and God forbid we've had a few cocktails. Um, but yeah, we, we, we often disagree, but that's, I think that's what makes it interesting. Yes. And we'll get into some of those too, because mm. I think I look forward um, to that. Those are <laughs> some of the interesting conversations we have. Cause I'm like, what, how can you say that? How can you not? Um, uh, but I want to call out a couple of other podcasts that I listen to. There's MLVC, um, hosted by Tony and Steven, which is a really great one um, because they kind of just categorically just talk about Madonna. The Immaculate Podcast goes through every single album, every era, and just kind of like 
um, talks about those. MLVC, they kind of categorize things and they talk about like her songwriting or um, they have like different guests and they actually have Donna and Nikki as guests. And I'm like, how do they get those guests? And I want to, I'm going to, I think I'm going to devote a whole podcast part to, uh, or a whole episode to just podcasters and hearing like how they got into it and things like that, because I find that, um, kind of fascinating of how they do that. And then there's another one that does all I want to do is talk about Madonna by (laughs) Kenny and Mark. And they kind of, they actually go track by track. So they start from the, they haven't even, they're not even done yet. I think they're just now going to get to like a prayer and all these have been doing it for over a year. Wow. So, um, just imagine like going track by track and, I just think it's amazing. And so I'm like, yeah, I want to do this. And I will say they've gotten some things wrong. <laughs> well, um, I'm sure we're going to get things wrong. I, you're usually there And I want to be corrected. Like, that's okay. the thing. Okay. And, I'm, I'm, and that's why it's like, I'm sure they've received, like, lots of messages or emails saying, like, hey, that's wrong. Hey, that's not exactly right. Uh-huh. I've been one of those people that have reached out to them. But... But that's the fun in it, right? That is the, the fun, fun of being... A mega fan and obsessing over the details and what you remember. Oh my god, exactly. guys. I just Wayne just flipped a page and his notes look like he's been sitting in like one of those college classes that that has a million people listening and you have to take notes. So, wow. I took a lot of notes because meticulous. Um, what we're going to talk about today is all of her greatest hits albums, and okay. the reason why I wanted to start with this one is because by the time you listen to this podcast, um, it's going to be around the anniversary of the Immaculate Collection, which mm. was her first true, like, greatest hits collection. Um, I mean, I guess technically you could say You Can Dance. You Can Dance is first, or, yeah. Okay. 87. I'll, I'll give that to you, <laughs> even though that's more of a remix album. These are the details we, we sit in the corner at parties <laughs> and discuss. Yes. 87 but, was the first compilation and we'll talk about that a little bit because okay. I do want to talk about like your DJing career uh-huh. and you know remixing Madonna and playing Madonna on the dance mm-hmm. floor and, and hearing about that. But I did want to start with the Immaculate Collection. Okay. Um, and just to give so we're starting some, out of order, just for the record, we are starting okay. out of order according to DJ Joey. <laughs> um, but um, just to give some people context too of like when we're talking right now, it's the first. It's actually the second of October. And the presidential debate had just mm. happened. Um, President Trump, if we can call him that, um, has just been tested for COVID, or at least allegedly mm-hmm. been tested positive mm-hmm. for COVID. Um, I don't know if I believe that. But I, that's yeah, well, you and I haven't talked podcast. about it today, but yes. Um, I feel like it's very conveniently timed. Mm-hmm. I agree. But... I digress. Let's get into Immaculate Collection because I want to talk about things that make me happy. And so (laughs) the Immaculate Collection was released Mm -hmm. on November 9th, 1990. Wow. And it spans the years of 83 through 90 from her first album, Madonna, through, um, we'll say the I'm Breathless album, but it's really just Vogue from the I'm Breathless album. And I thought it was... I had just became a fan during the Like a Prayer era. Like mm. that's when I really became such a baby. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was a huge. I became a huge fan, and I just remember when the Immaculate Collection came out. I was mm-hmm. just like, "Well, I, it, 
that's just the natural thing. I already have like a prayer. I'm already into I'm Breathless. I need to have the Immaculate Collection. Sure. Yeah. And what I had not gotten a um a true sense of everything that was Madonna at the time. You know the previous albums and everything like that. I was what just a great introduction. To that that is like. So is that your doorway to old school Madonna? It sort of was. So actually, if I'll I'll take a step back, like to me, the the best documentary that's out there is the Rockumentary from MTV in 1990, and it was as she was going on her Bonded Mission tour. Uh It kind of gave me a a rundown or a short. I think it's only like half hour long. Everything you find it on YouTube. (laughs) If you find it on YouTube, it's to me is like the best thing, and um. It starts out with her at the premiere of Who's That Girl? And she's mm. talking about, like, I asked the cab driver to drop me off in the middle of everywhere with $35 yeah. in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And here I am, 10 years later. And it was like, um, but that whole thing just let me know who Madonna was. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting into the older stuff. Because my sister, my oldest sister and my cousin were, like, really into her in the earlier days, and I just didn't kind of, like, pay attention. I knew of, like, Like a Virgin. I knew of, you know, the whole True Blue and Who's That Girl era. But it was really just, um, it didn't hit me to Like a Prayer, where I was like, oh, wow. This used to be somebody else, and now she's, like, a totally different person, which gets into the whole, like, reinvention of Madonna and mm. what she likes to do. Um, but the Immaculate Collection, uh, to me, just, if you're a new fan... That's kind of like the album you Jumping probably want to point. start with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I are agree. your thoughts on that? Uh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, it's to date one of her biggest selling projects. <clears throat> and when you go to like iTunes or Spotify, it's the first thing that pops up because um, it's very user friendly and it was mixed by Shep Pettibone um, and it was um, put together for almost like even though it's not mixed together like you can dance which we'll talk about it's it was put together <clears throat> for a listening experience from beginning to end and the versions are edited they're not even the original versions um remixed some of them are remixed some of them have just been what we would call in 2020 remastered mm-hmm. because they were using a new sound at the time called Q sound um, and it's one of the very first projects to be put out there using the Q Sound technology in 1990, which means nothing to most people. But when you listen to, like, say, the Like a Virgin album and then listen to Material Girl on, you know, um, whatever you have, what medium, I don't care if it's CD or vinyl, or whatever, and then you listen to the version that's on the Matthew Collection, what's that? Six years later, you, you just hear. Um, to most people, you'll hear a crispness, and it just sounds new and refined. And from what I understand, I mean, I was only 11 years old when Immaculate Collection came out, but from what I understand, it was like a third layer of audio quality um, that was put to um, to that project. So it certainly sounds crisp. It's shorter versions. It's very user-friendly. And at the time was a really big deal that there was a compilation. I mean, she had all these number ones and all these big hits. Um, And in those days, greatest hits were big sellers. And they always put things out in in 1990, especially near the holidays, to get the sales, right? Because you're saying the the release date is what, November 
November 9th. November 9th. So that would be right before Christmas. Yeah. I remember driving up to Potomac Mills with my family. We, we Wayne and I both live in Richmond, Virginia. And Potomac Mills is like this huge outlet mall in D.C. And I remember driving up there that Christmas season and seeing the big like Sam Goody yeah. display with her with the, the black wig and like the clown kind of photography with all the polka dots. And it was really something. It was a big deal. Yeah, and um, you mentioned the Q sound, mm -hmm. what I wanted to point out, but they use Q sound for all of it, and from my understanding, it was supposed to give it more of like a fuller sound as if you were listening to it on a boombox, so they wanted mm -hmm. to kind of like replicate like, hey, in the 80s when you put a cassette in the boombox, right. like this is kind of, it's more of a a comp more of a compact sound so mm -hmm. when you put your when you put it on like headphones or even if you played it on a loudspeaker it kind of had this more um fullness and more like bassiness sound to it mm -hmm. versus kind of like hearing all the different layers which you probably hear more on the remasters of the the early albums than you do like on the immaculate collection right. and i actually love this i love like the q sound yeah. And then when they released the singles for like Justify My Love Q sound and remixes. Remix, yeah. uh, Rescue yeah. Me, yes, they used the uh -huh. Q sound remix for that, which I thought was kind of like weird in a way. But why? at the well, I don't know, because it's like, well, <laughs> why didn't you just put why didn't you just apply it to the, the regular album? I don't know. Um, um because I have an answer for that, Wayne. Um, uh, because in nineteen ninety you were restricted to the time limits and whether because of all the different mediums, you gotta think like 1990, the 80s are ending, the, uh, the, the 90s are just being ushered in, so cassettes are popular. Yep. You know, CDs are becoming more popular, and people are still listening to vinyl. You know, there's a short frame where all three mediums were still selling, um, and you were restricted into what you could put on a project. Like, if Rebel Heart were to come out in 1990, like, Sister would have had to seriously edit, because it's, what, 18, 17 tracks? without the, um, you know, the bonus yeah. tracks. Um, but so that's one of the reasons that they they um, edited the versions. And some of them are completely remixed. I believe Express Yourself, Like a Prayer. I I'm, I'm totally didn't prepare for this. But I think there was like three or four that were remixed from scratch for yes. the project. And then some they used the original masters but then um, remastered them through the q sound technology yeah so shep pettibone decided to remix a few tracks and some of it some of them were already just like mm -hmm. um maybe just kind of uh, uh different versions of tracks he had already remixed so Correct. he kind of already had the basis of it so like a prayer express yourself um uh into the groove because mm -hmm. the into the groove one is is very similar to what you can hear on you can dance but it's just more of like an edited version of it's it it's too short um i <laughs> i you could say that about a lot of the tracks yeah um it also did not include all of her hits which prompted europe to release holiday what is called the holiday collection mm -hmm. which included um, True Blue, Who's That Girl and Causing a Commotion. Because those, and um, I believe the Holiday Collection has the silver screen remix of um, Causing, Causing a Commotion. commotion. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they threw on the album version of Holiday. Just I thought I'd keep it together. Shits and giggles. Um, Wayne's got it here. You go to most people's houses and they've got a spread of like dips <laughs> and nachos. Wayne has Madonna CDs. 
It is um, keep yeah. together is not on there. It's not on there. But yeah. I will say probably like a and then what I also found crazy, a couple things. They released a single for Crazy for You, for um, mm-hmm. the Immaculate Collection as one of the singles, mm-hmm. and then they used they used an image from Justify My Love video, which mm-hmm. I thought was like. Weird. It's weird. It's kind of like when they did, they re-released Oh Father yeah. for something to remember. Oh yeah, we're going to get into something. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. But that was weird too. It's um, all it's all about marketing in different countries and yeah. maybe having the chance to revisit a single that maybe performed better in certain markets. I mean, in 2020, it doesn't matter. But back then, with radio... Yep. So, yeah. Um. So, uh, I want to talk about the artwork a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um. Are you aware... That this was going to be called Ultra Madonna, not no. the Mako Collection. I wasn't. So I definitely want to give a shout out to Jerry Hyden, who is the art director okay. that is responsible for everything from pretty much like True Blue through Immaculate Collection, and she's probably done some other things here and there. But mm-hmm. she basically did like all the single covers for True Blue and the album cover. It's her handwriting on True Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anyone can send me um and the name of this project but there was a video or some type of special on tv i believe it was like an a and e or something but jerry hyden or maybe it was on mtv or vh1 where jerry hyden went and showed us images from what the ultra madonna would look like and mm-hmm. it was just very more of like a digital u and or digital m okay um but it was really cool the the way she kind of just like talked about her artwork and why she did why they decided to go with Immaculate Collection and everything. Um, but I just want to call that out because that to me is really interesting, and I wish I had that video. And I thought I recorded it, and I could never find it. Okay, okay. see, this is where Wayne and I's opinions differ because he's he's smirking now. But um, I remember. I mean, looking back, I will say. Um, now, looking back at the artwork, it's it's brilliant and it's beautiful, um, but I remember specifically looking at all of this coming out, and it felt almost like a new Madonna era and a new Madonna image, and that's why, you know, she's dubbed herself and been known as the Queen of Reinvention, because she's not very nostalgic. We know that about Madonna, right? She's not one to look back very often, and when she does... What you're giving me the face? You don't agree already. Um, <laughs> you know what this is what we do, you guys. It's because, and I don't, want, I don't, I don't want to get into what's happening now. But yeah. she is writing a movie about herself, right? And it's she's being very nostalgic. So I we'll think, see. I think she has we'll moments see. of nostalgia where she's like really into it, and then all of a sudden she probably a uh, light probably flickers in her head. And she's like, "Wait, what the fuck am I doing that for? I need to, I need to get on a new." Project. But from a marketing standpoint, okay, if you're in 1990 and you are putting yes. out a greatest hits of Madonna's biggest selling, whatever, right? Why would you choose a look that doesn't reflect? any of those songs, any of those projects, it's almost something new. And I remember being a little bit disappointed. Like, I would think that if you're buying a Madonna's Greatest Hits, you want to see an iconic Madonna image, like one of those true blue Herb Ritz pictures, maybe one that wasn't popular at the time. I don't know. And this felt a little bit... It is, but it's new and it's different, and she's got weird eyelashes on, which I love. I love it now, but I do remember at the time being disappointed 
um, and feeling like it just wasn't cohesive. Well, what I'll say is I got confused because I know she had dark hair for Like a Prayer, and uh-huh. then she got blonde hair for Express Yourself and, and filming Dick Tracy. Mm-hmm. But apparently between the time of like Dick Tracy, Cherish, and... You don't think that's a wig? Father, I think that's a wig. Uh, I think it's a wig. I don't, well, here's why I say it doesn't. Because between that time, um, between that and the um, Blonde Admission Tour, mm-hmm. she had dark hair again. She was showing up on magazine covers mm-hmm. with dark hair. You could see her complete roots. Do you know why? Why? You don't know this? I love when we do these discussions. Because the ponytail and the Blonde Ambition Tour fucked her shit up. No, this was before the Blonde Ambition Tour, though. What? Because Immaculate these, Collection? These images, oh. no, these images were taken because they're in the Blonde Ambition Tour book. Okay. So these, there was a period Stand of time. Stand corrected. Okay. But I'll it did mess up. So it did me, No, I don't care. It did mess up her oh, hair. I'm though. sure. Yeah. Because. Which um, is why in the laser disc, she has the short bobby curly hair. And that's probably my favorite Madonna, even though it's like very. Oh, I love the ponytail. I'm, I do love the ponytail because it's it. very iconic. Yeah. You guys can't <laughs> see me. I'm, I'm swinging it. It's very iconic. But at the uh-huh. same time, my image of. The blonde ambition door will always be her and the bob on the Tight HBO curls. Mm-hmm. niece um, special mm-hmm. because that's what I just I wore that VHS VHS tape out. Sure. I always thought it was a shame. I'm sure we'll do a different thing on tour DVDs and tour recordings, but I always thought it was a shame that the blonde ambition door, at least the one that most people have access to, because she still hasn't released it. Um, but that most people have access to is the niece recording that was broadcast on HBO where she's got her natural curly, bouncy hair. Mm-hmm. And when you think about Blonde Ambition, it's such an iconic image of the, the ponytail. ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. So it's such a shame that the, to this point, Madonna, in time, that it's been, you know, put down as the bouncy hair. We're going off topic. We're supposed we are. to be talking let's, about Immaculate Collection. Let's get back on topic. Um, you know, this never went to number one. And you know why? You know who's in the number two? Are you sure about two? that? You, you know why she was in number two and why she wasn't in number one? In 1990? I'm covering up my notes. So you don't see. <laughs> I don't know. Vanilla mm-hmm. Ice. Ugh. Vanilla Ice took the number one spot. Who was hot? Was into who's that. hot? He was at the time. In the sex now book, he's, he's really like, hot. Ugh. <laughs> he's gross. But he wasn't gross then. He was not gross then. I mm-hmm. had a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's get into Justify My Love and Rescue Me. So on the Justify mm. My Love release, mm-hmm. she had this really cool biker look. She uh, just got her lips cigarette. done. Yes. Cigarette hanging out the her lips mouth. lips are done? Her lips. Oh, that's when she first started getting into like collagen injections. And her lips were just like huge. You can even look. Look at it. It you know, of course, you can always do that with like lipstick and, yeah. and overdrawing. But those mm. are the time where she actually. Had I her never lips noticed. Done. I just know she looks fabulous. She looks incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, it what's funny is uh, Axl Rose. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen the November Rain video, mm. has that airbrushed on the back of like a leather jacket. Mm. So in Madonna transcends between genres of music, mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. pop music and like. Heavy metal, like Guns N' Roses. I just thought that was... I, I have that t-shirt. I love that oh. t-shirt. I wear it often. And there, <clears throat> we got a couple of bonuses on the Justify My Love 
track, mm-hmm. aside from the remixes and the mm-hmm. Q sound mm-hmm. remix, mm-hmm. Um, Express the Yourself, William Orbit um, remix that's used on the Girly Show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, the Express Yourself, the mm-hmm. nine minute and thirty second version of Shep's expressing re remix, whatever, yeah, whatever they want to mm-hmm. call it. Um, Which was a nice bonus. Yeah, yeah. And then we also got the Beast Within. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, The Beast Within did not, like, come to fruition and, like, give me a boner until Reinvention Tour. And then I always knew it was there, but I remembered it as, like, an artsy, too-long track on a CD at the <laughs> end of her reciting some Bible shit. I don't know. But seeing it on stage in 2004 for Reinvention, which actually don't... Like, Throw Stones was the first time I saw her live in 2004. Oh. I, I did not see her live until 2004, which is a whole nother discussion. But seeing The Beast Within, which she was actually backstage. She didn't come up until Vogue. But it, right. was, the, it was the intro to the tour, and it was so dramatic and, and artsy. Oh, around, my God. And... It was amazing. And since then, it's been a fave of mine. And I was so glad that I had it. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was in the pit. Were you? I was. Both two nights. The two nights that I went, I was in the pit both times. Back I, to Immaculate. Back to Immaculate. We do this. Sort of to the Girly Show. Because <laughs> I do love the live version of it in the Girly Show as well. Even though it's mm-hmm. not like a live, live version. But you got the drummer playing the drums, the percussion. Um, it's definitely know. not the same track. It's not. It's not. But it's like... It's so it's so much fuller. Like mm-hmm. the visually, it's fine. Like for the girly show, but like musically, like I love hearing live drums. Mm-hmm. And we'll get in. I'll get into this when we talk about live tours. Of, oh, and I'm of, going like, to tell you a secret. I believe there's footage of them going through the audio part, and her musical director for the tour. Yeah, we'll have that's to too short that. though. <laughs> and anyway, let's let's let's. I uh-huh. I digress. We've disagreed like twenty times already. Uh, um, <laughs> there was some controversy with Justify My Love mm-hmm. because two things. One, it used a sample, but it was weird because it was like using a sample of a song, and that song used a sample of another song. So it was she got in trouble for it. Mm. Um, and then the other part of it was I didn't know that Lenny Kravitz had worked with an artist called Ingrid Chavez. Okay. Ingrid Chavez was a prince protege. She was in Graffiti Bridge. Mm. Ironically, there was talks about Madonna supposed to be in Graffiti Bridge. Graffiti Bridge being the prince movie slash soundtrack that was supposed to be a Purple Rain sequel. Mm. So there's like there's like reports of... She said Minneapolis is way too cold for her. She couldn't yeah. stay. There are reports <laughs> that she went to Minneapolis to go to Paisley Park. She left early. To, uh... <laughs> it's too cold. That's what yeah. she said. I, I would 100% agree. <laughs> She was in meetings with some of uh-huh. the people, and um, Kat, the, one of the dancers for, and background singers for Prince, mm-hmm. like Madonna said, oh, what if Kat and I had a, a dance battle or a dance-off? There are reports that that happened in a meeting or something like that, which mm-hmm. I, find, I just find kind of like interesting mm-hmm. um, that Ingrid Chavez starred in that, or starred alongside with Prince in that movie, but it was like this whole controversy that Lenny Kravitz worked with Ingrid, and... Um, she didn't originally get credit for the song, but um, essentially Madonna sampled heard, a sample. She heard Ingrid's version of it, and she just kind of did exactly what Ingrid did. Okay, um, I didn't know that. But 
there are other times where Madonna has done that, which is not uncommon because when you hear a demo, you're kind of like, okay, I can I can do my own version of that, and I think that's what Madonna did. Yeah. And maybe she just wasn't as um, in tune to what Lenny Kravitz was working on with somebody else. And mm. so um, Ingrid Chavez wrote a lot of those lyrics. So um, eventually what happened is there was a settlement and Ingrid Chavez yeah. on any future um, printings of it got credit for it. Hmm. I didn't know that. Thank you, Wayne, for, for educating <laughs> the masses. Is it Rescue Me time? Let's talk about Rescue Me. Uh. I don't... Uh, fan favorite, right? Let's is, acknowledge that it's a fan favorite. It is a fan favorite. Why do you think it's a fan favorite? I'm going to interview you for a second. Okay. I think it is a fan <laughs> favorite because it's such a great track. It's a house track. It's mm-hmm. a Shep Pettibone track. Mm-hmm. It's really great, but she hasn't promoted and she, And I'll say, I'll, I don't particularly say this, she doesn't do a lot of promotion for greatest hits albums. Like, she doesn't mm-hmm. go on she like, talk shows or... Um, right. Because I guess that's not the, really the purpose of a greatest hits. It's like, that it's supposed to sell itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like um, Rescue Me is kind of a missed opportunity for a video. I think Rescue Me is a missed opportunity for using it in any future tour that she did. And I will not count what she did in Madame X. No, we were just talking about that while we were sitting down, that right? Bullshit. Yeah. Um, but we agree <laughs> that we all got chipped in 2019. Madonna, if you ever hear this, um, you screwed us and not in a good way. She won't hear this. You never know. (laughs) Um, But we were so excited to see in, like, the Instagram videos that she was rehearsing it and the, like, very short clips of her singing it. She sounded amazing. And we were also excited because when you go see your favorite artist and they, they put a deep cut in the set list, especially one in 2019, that would have been, what, 29? Yeah. Near years old, is that right? Is that yeah. right? Nineteen ninety, probably nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety one ish. Yeah, when the, the single years old. Yeah, it, yeah. well, where, where the single was being played. Right. Um, right. No, so, twenty nine years old. No, do your math, dude. Oh yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> <laughs> Zerg is thirty years. You're this, right. You're right. You're right. Thirty years so, old this year. Yeah, we were really excited because it was a deep cut. It was a fan favorite. It's one that she hadn't broken out. And you're right. It was a missed and opportunity. she teased us. So she put on Instagram. Yeah. She, she had did her, that on purpose. She had her... She her, knew. Um, uh, what, are they, what are they called? The... Um, um, Batucadera um, group of women. Oh, whoa, whoa, that, that do the singing oh, yes, and stuff yes, like that. Yes. And they... Um, they were singing Rescue Me. They were singing like, I believe in oh, the yeah. power. I believe like a, in the power. It was all over Instagram. Yeah. And she, so, of course, we're thinking like, oh my God, we're going to get Rescue Me. We're finally going to get Rescue Me. Finally. Because someone yeah. from Billboard had interviewed her and said like, hey, there's three number one songs yep. or, or like three top ten songs that you've never performed live. And here right. they are. And she's like, oh, the Rescue Me was wasn't like, a top ten, it was, was it? It was. It are got sure? to number seven. What? Um, it was number seven. Um, no video for it, but it was used in like a commercial with like an elephant, like overseas or something like that. Huh? Um, I know that there was a, um, this is like Madonna folklore, but there's like some heavily produced live performance of Rescue Me that involved like, for the time, it was really expensive and it never happened. I don't know for what award show, it was a single performance. So it probably was some kind of award show in 91. 
Um, and it never happened. It got scratched. So all the money, like think of Medellin that she did last year mm-hmm. for the American, was it American Music Awards or Billboard? Um, you know, with the with all the visual effects and all that and the money that yeah. supposedly it was spent on money. that. So they did the same thing in 91 for this Rescue Me performance to promote the single. And for whatever reason, it, it got scratched. I don't know why. I don't remember. I read it at some point. It's out there. But yeah. Rescue oh, Me needs justice. Rescue Me does need justice. Uh-huh. But in some ways, it's almost like... I think fans are now uh, like protective of it. Yeah. So it's almost like, don't do it unless uh-huh. you're going to really do it. Don't give <laughs> us some bullshit performance... Behind the curtain. Where you're not even right. out on stage. Right. And some people kind of doing uh, mm-hmm. an interpretive dance to just you doing the verses that are just spoken and not kind of the singing I'll we'll probably get hate mail for this but I am just like the whole greatest part of rescue me is the house sound and the choir sound and if you don't have that right. you don't have rescue me well I think what you're saying is like well first of all Madame X from beginning to end from the era from the album to the tour um to me is a highlight and I think the show I cannot wait for, um, I hate calling it the DVD. Like when I talk to my friends about when do you think Madame X DVD is coming out? It sounds so old school, but when the, when the film, I'm sure the (laughs) concert film is released, I can't wait for that. But I did think that the era, the concert was amazing. Um, she did let us down with Rescue Me and is, is, I mean that little, whatever you want to call it, that little, what do you even, interlude, interlude is very, a very Janet thing to say. But that interlude um, <laughs> was, uh, it was okay, I guess. But if you weren't listening, if you weren't a diehard fan, I don't even know that you would recognize Rescue Me. For exactly. it being the only time that it has showed its face in a live performance. If you're a casual fan, you would have missed it. You, would, you wouldn't even know. Yeah. So it, um, yeah. And the last thing I want to say about it, Rescue Me is that there, mm-hmm. there were two... Um, covers that were released for the single there was one that was i did want to talk about this Mm -hmm. because i the american release was just a shot was like a still shot from Mm -hmm. the video um should we even say like jean no that's from that's from justify my love right from the justify my love video which was shot by john baptiste mondino okay um and then in in like a european release it was a different shot and it was a shot that was done in 1990 and it was it's from the calendar. It's from the calendar, but mm-hmm. it's also from like a, um, I think it's like a Harper's Bazaar photo shoot where she just, her hair looks wet. Mm-hmm. She's, she's looking up to the sky. Her arms are behind her head. Her titties are popping. Her yeah. nipples are hard. Yeah. She's wearing like this blue shirt mm-hmm. and um, it's incredible. I luckily yeah. have the CD single as well as the, um, the, the LP. I know. Yes. And I was, I was um, caressing them before we started this interview because <laughs> I, Caressing um, her nipples. Well, I've never seen that. Like, um, I'm sure I have things that you've never seen, but I've never seen that. And that was, um, that's really cool. Um, yeah, it's a great photo shoot. I have that calendar. Do you have that calendar? I probably do. Like, in my, if I, probably doesn't if count, I didn't wait. have it when I originally came out, I probably at some point might. So, in my, I have like a Madonna, a Madonna closet where mm. all my memorabilia has kind of been stored away. Cause I used to have it on display everywhere. And then I decided, like, Oh, I'm a grown adult now. Like I shouldn't display it everywhere. So. Same, but it's not necess- It's not all just about no being a grown adult. You also want to protect it. 
Exactly. Like, I've got some real. I've got the. Um, I've got some really great posters that are all rolled up tight in a rubber band because at some point I didn't want them to get ruined. But yeah, I have those calendars. Yeah, I am sure I have that. Show. I definitely know I have the Harper's Bazaar mm-hmm. that has those photo shoots in there, and I, and in haste, I probably cut them to glue them to my wall when I was like eleven and twelve years old because. My whole room used to basically be wallpapered in Madonna uh-huh. posters and Madonna clippings from magazines and everything like that. I we talked about this actually pictures. tonight because I refuse to cut anything um, like official that you would get. Like we were yeah. talking about the Immaculate Collection and whether or not you should cut up the poster. Um, I used to cut up the magazine. So my, my walls also were covered in Tiffany, Janet, Madonna, Mariah, all over. So, I want to talk about the the video collection. So, okay. on the video collection, mm-hmm. when you... Um, the, it was VHS at the time, it and was. Laserdisc. Mm-hmm. DVDs did not exist at the time. Mm-hmm. It was a great... It was basically all our videos except any videos that included movie footage at that time. Mm. So, Crazy For You is not on there. Gambler's not on there. Um... Lift to Tell isn't even on there. Uh, Into the Groove is not on there. Who's That Girl is not on there. Hmm. But the, all the other tracks, basically, ex- and Burning also, up. of course... Uh, you know what? You're right. Forget it. I'm wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> everybody sure everybody and Burning Up is not on there. But I also, uh, I would say all the tracks, especially that are... Uh, all the tracks that are particularly on the Emeka Collection album are on there. Gotcha. Um, but it's what I found kind of strange is that Oh Father is not on the Immaculate Collection, but it's on the DVD collection, mm-hmm. which I'm not necessarily complaining about I love because that video. that's Such the only place video. where the video exists. Yeah. Because um, I don't believe it is on Celebration, which we'll get to. But um, so that's the only place where we have Oh Father right now. Um, I haven't watched this in a really long time. We should open up another bottle of wine and watch this on a different <laughs> night. But I'm wondering, like, for some of these, I'm looking, I'm thinking about, like, um, Open Your Heart and Material Girl, where, you know, I'm sure the intros were not very long. They're probably, like, 30 seconds or maybe a tad mm-hmm. more, give or, give or take. But um, when you watched them back in the day on MTV... They edited. So that yeah. whole part in the car at um, Material Girl, yes. that was cut out. Like, if they played that in the afternoon during the prime time, you went straight to the sound set, the hot pink, and all the boys lifting her. Yeah. All that part was cut out. Not that um, whole intro of, like, is that a one here? star. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's the full version. It is. Okay. On there. But because um, the, the audio version is edited for length purposes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what I wanted to point out on the Immaculate Collection VHS versus DVD mm-hmm. is that on the VHS, it's the regular version of Lucky Star. But on the DVD, they use the extended version of Lucky Star. So you Nobody get... in this world knows that except for you, Wayne. Girl, people know that. <laughs> people know that. Real fans know that. And oh, so, someone is listening right now. Shots so, fired. They're like... Yeah, 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 that's true, that's true, that's true. And someone else is so, listening and says, who cares? And what I found interesting, and this is where I feel like people will probably argue with me. Mm-hmm. When I originally saw the Express Yourself video, because that's kind of what Ugh. what took me into Madonna fandom, Ugh. is when I saw the commercial that was going to premiere on MTV, 
I thought it was another artist at the time, but um, I'll get into that when I talk about Like a Prayer. But I remember recording it. It was the um, off the MTV premiere. Mm-hmm. It's the I still have it on VHS where I recorded it. It's the um, Shep Pettibone remix, mm. video remix. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the rip in the beginning, that like, like zipper rip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but on the Immaculate Collection, they use that intro, but it's the album version. It's a it's, and it's a shorter it's a shorter video like the 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 chef oh the you're Shep saying the remix video, we're talking video. about the video the video okay. uses the album version of the song which I believe is what was originally intended for it because they have you know like the horn players in All the video the and stuff like that yes the horns of I life I love the horns yeah at the same time Shep's remix is what turned me into a Madonna fan. Like, well, yeah, honestly. it's the better if it was the not two. for the Express Yourself video yeah. with that remix, mm-hmm. I probably would not be a fan right now. You're it's being, what you're being, it. you're being dramatic. Um, <laughs> you would be. But yes, I hear what you're saying. I hear the importance of, of what you're trying to put across. But yes, um, Express Yourself is probably my favorite Madonna song. And I, oh, and, yeah. Um, our statistics that you made me go through my three-hour thing twice <laughs> proves that, even though I cheated, because I'm a cheater. You are a cheater, because um, I did see... You I, warned me. I created a, a rank sorter, which someone had already done, but I they were, saw, they were like, uh, albums or, or eras missing. Mm-hmm. Like, who's that girl? Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. soundtracks, basically. Um, and I did it. And it took me like an hour and a half to do. And what? It no, really no long time. it took you like a year and a half to do. It might because I did. You like were working on that at the beach when we were there. Yes. And what are you doing? Working you did it, and I yep. said, "Don't use the feature that says I don't have an opinion. I disagree, or, or I like, I like both. them equally, yes. or something like yes. that." And I was like, "Don't do that because it's not going to rank them. It's, it's going to skew keep the them results. Like, it's going to skew the results <laughs> because it's going to say like you have five number twos yeah. when you really only want one number." Is that still active? Can all your listeners go go take yeah, that? I'll okay. post it to Instagram. I'll put it in the bio. If anybody wants to torture themselves for three and a half hours, because you start out thinking it's a lot of fun, but then like you have to make some really hard decisions, and mm-hmm. that's when you are me and take the easy way out because okay this is what happened the first time i took it i tried to be hard on myself and i tried to follow wayne's direction and i walked away because the fucker was taking like four hours so i walked away and when i came back my browser had reloaded and it was gone so i had to start from the beginning and since i had to start from the beginning that's when i started taking shortcuts and saying fuck it but Express Yourself is probably my number one, if not my top three. And the Shep Putty Bone remix is killer. It's, it's, there's nothing else like it. Yeah. And the remix that they put on the Immaculate Collection was great. I, I, of course, wanted the video version of it. And since I, what I've done is I've just ripped the video from the Celebration DVD. Of course, yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the version I listen to all the time. And there is a difference. It's not, it's not the celebration album version remix. We'll get into that debauchery okay. in, soon. Okay. Um, but let's finish talking about uh, Immaculate Collection. We've been talking about that for a while, so let's let's um, try to wrap that up. Okay. Um, uh, so the video collection does not include Justify My Love mm-hmm. because she decided to Sell try it. to. Well, she tried to give it to MTV, but MTV is like, whoa, this is 
too hot for MTV. I remember like all the headlines, Big Newsweek. Deal. Yep. Uh, every magazine cover was like they just wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So she decided to go on Nightline mm-hmm. to defend the video, mm-hmm. which and this is what I think people don't really understand about Madonna is mm-hmm. that like no She's other artist smart. Yeah, but yeah. no other artist had to do that. No other artist had to go on the record and defend say like their art. Hey, yeah. This is just this is my video and I'm trying to release it and these fuckers are saying no and mm-hmm. this is at this time this is the way to promote your music is like you put mm-hmm. out a video and that makes people want to buy the album so that you know you make more money mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like it's also art um I I gave you a task of going back to watch Yeah yeah Did you go back and watch it? I, I did. watched it with Oz. I did and you know um it was enlightening to watch it in 2020 as a 41-year-old male versus I remember seeing it. I probably revisited it over the years, but with the with the magic of YouTube, I was able to kind of sit and concentrate. I actually watched it a couple times because I was so um, impressed by her. Yeah, I mean, she's the reason we love Madonna. She's the reason that that reason that that side of her personality that is unapologetic and just um, a smart businesswoman and well spoken. And the bitch goes to town. She took and told on that interview, and she defends herself so eloquently, and there's nothing that she says in that 17-minute interview that's wrong. Nothing. Nothing I don't care all. if it's 1990 or 1890. There's nothing she says that's wrong, um, and she defends herself beautifully, and that argument could stand up today. 100%. Yeah. And... What I do, will want to point out is mm-hmm. not so much what she says, but mm-hmm. did you notice what she's wearing? So she's wearing. Do you remember the? Do you remember the scene in Truth or Dare where mm-hmm. she's like, um, she's trying on clothes and she's like, "Is this very obey what I say or <laughs> obey what I do? Do as I say." No. And they're I didn't like, "Oh, that. it's very Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation." Ugh. That's the outfit. She's wearing that same outfit. She looks great. And of course, she looks incredible. She's got very this very clean look. She's wearing her hair Hair's all swoopy, like, swooped yeah. out. Yeah. She's holding a pen in her hand, like uh-huh. she means business. Yeah. And even though she doesn't use the pen, she's just like pointing at the screen a lot. <laughs> and yeah. I thought that was like. But um, she's in the zone, and she's exactly. so ready, like a lawyer. She could be a fucking lawyer in that interview, and there's a reason why it's so. Um, it's gone down as part of Madonna history. Is yeah. Wow. And thank well, you for making me rewatch that. <laughs> I just want to point out, though, is that at, at some point in this interview, she goes, I don't believe in censorship of any kind. Mm-hmm. I believe in labeling, mm-hmm. which I found ironic because when Celebration DVD come out and they came out and they put the Justify My Love video on it, mm-hmm. they censored it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that, on putting a, a video like later in the years like this is. Of course, times have changed. People are more accepting. And, mm-hmm. of course, you know, when Celebration came out, you're not going to have underage people watching this collection. It's going to be mostly adults, you know, watching it. So what are your thoughts on them censoring it for Celebration but not censoring it for this this um, video single that they put out? I don't have any thoughts on that. I think <laughs> Do you it's care? one of those that matter to you. could care less. And I'll tell you why. What I got from her comment about labeling is that um you know she very eloquently defends 
um, the point of being responsible parents or responsible networks or whoever is going to show the material, whether it is a rap video depicting violence or it's Madonna, you know, depicting sexual freedom and choices, it is up to the person responsible for showing the video or the parents or whatever you want to say for, um, for allowing it to be seen. If we're concerned about minors watching it, which in the video they kept referring to 10-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 10-year-olds. Right. Which I was at the time. I think I was 11. <laughs> 11, yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's she's right. And uh, Celebration's what, 2009? Um, 2009? 2008? Mm -hmm. something? Yeah. 2009. 2009. Um, so I'm surprised that it was censored. I didn't even know that. Of course, that's a nerdy detail you would know that I wouldn't. Um, but I didn't even know that. Um, I, it wasn't included on the DVD because she flipped the script and decided to sell it. Yeah. It was actually the first music video single, right, which was uh, put for sale as VHS. I have it. Um, the, the packaging is kind of like, I don't know, my DJ people that are listening, you, you can kind of relate it to like a white label because it's the, the packaging is very... For a Madonna project, like it's almost like the label is taped around yeah. VHS and the rest of it's black, and it's always like, ooh, this is naughty. It's like underground. It's almost like, like it's a, a porn. Yeah, like I an underground porn video. Right. But they still sold it at Sam Goody. Right. But it was the first time, like, you bring a VHS home and you pop it in your player, and the whole thing lasts six minutes and yeah. it's done. And it even looked different, you know, because you, you always have that clear window on the tape where you could see everything was so short. Um, and no one had ever done that. And I just thought that that was a big middle finger to, you know, MTV at the time and anyone that was trying to censor um, her artistry. And it ended up working in her favor. And it, I don't know if we're going to discuss it or not, but it was the first number one of the 90s because I believe it was like January of 1991. Yes. Yes, if that makes sense, because the Immaculate Collection came out in November of 1990. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first week of Billboard sales of 1991, Justify My Love was the number one hit for her. Which song? Uh, for the video single. I think the single itself only went to number two. No. Here we go, you guys. Wikipedia. Somebody pull it. Somebody Wikipedia. Pull it. I did um, my homework. I, I, um, just have so to, I don't have to do my homework. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? It probably did go to number one. Um, we'll say it went to number one. <laughs> but it's, it's number one for us. But what I, what I thought about today when I was watching that video is that she says, you know, artists use the platform of MTV to showcase not just their art, but it's part, it's part of the promotional process of a single, right? The video. Um, getting it out there so that radio stations will play it, MTV plays it. It all goes into making a single successful. So I think it Absolutely. speaks volume that that was still a number one single for her, even if it was number two. Let's just say it was. Yeah. It wasn't. It was number one. But let's just say it was number two. It's still considered a success without the video being played on MTV in 1991. Do you think without the video, because of the controversy... That the video happened is why the single 
rank so high. Like, do you think people would have cared about this song? Because I'll I'll be honest, like I'm not a huge fan of just what? I love the song. What? Um We should have our statistics all printed out. The so reason can... why is is just like it's to me, I think to me it was just a new version of Madonna I wasn't necessarily ready for. I wasn't uh-huh. ready for the spoken word Madonna. The erotica kind of like Well, I yeah. love erotica. But maybe but I just would, my love maybe erotica, I wouldn't have liked erotica me. if Justify My Love didn't happen. I don't know, but um, for hmm. me, I at that time I was into kind of like the pop music that was like a prayer, the kind of the the kitschy kind of mm-hmm. soundtrackish thing of I'm Breathless, and then with Vogue mm. and everything. It's like remember that's that's all that was kind of like what led to my fandom. So. Hearing Justify My Love was just like, um, and lack for better words, it just kind of seemed boring, where she's just like talking. No way, you're so wrong. (laughs) It is deep, and it's feeling, and it gives you all the, I don't know, like, ugh. But there was some controversy I want to kiss you in Paris, and just like, ugh, and just, I don't know, I don't know. It it touched me, I remember thinking, damn. The very first time? It didn't touch me for the very first time, <laughs> but um, I certainly felt the artistry of what she was trying to convey. And um, yeah, it's a fantasy. And she even talks about it in that yeah. in that Nightline interview. Um, it's a fantasy, and you know the the video and the hotel and uh, uh, to answer your question, I don't know if the video. I'm sorry, if the single would have been as successful on its own if it weren't for the controversy surrounding the video. I do think the the single itself is fucking amazing, but to answer your question, no, probably not. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about where we kind of conclude on Immaculate Collection are two things. Mm-hmm. One is the Royal Box Collection. Mm-hmm. Do you have that? I do. And which version do you have? Do you have the cassette version or the CD version? No, I don't know. <laughs> you haven't opened it so long that's um yeah it kind of looks like yours it's in a plastic bag and a closet in my mother's house um and i thought it was the vhs version it is the vhs they both have the okay. vhs they all have the vhs but one was released with a cassette and one uh-huh. was released with a cd so i have the cd one which is in a different type of packaging where it's like the satin uh-huh. um outer casing and then inside the disc looks different um, the disc, I believe, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, it's like a, it's got like a beige, um, coating on it, but okay. then it has the blue polka dots versus the regular CD version, which is just silver with blue polka dots. Yeah. I mean, I thought for the time, I do remember thinking that, um, in, in that day and age, box sets became very popular in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Everyone had a box set. Um, but for it being 1990, the box set was really impressive. And I remember even thinking at that young age, um, that this was something I needed to take care of. So I'm guessing that mine is the cassette because I only have one CD um, and I still have, do you remember how CDs used to have like the long yeah, cardboard? The long box. Yeah, I still have that. And I don't know why they did that. The only thing that I used to think of is that because when you were in record stores, so you could flip through them. Do you think that's why they did that? That's a I'm lot of paper sure, and cardboard. But I will tell you that long boxes, because they're so extremely hard to find, they're just all like mine. worth so much. I have all mine. You have so much money just sitting in those long boxes. They're underneath my mom's waterbed. So we'll, well go get hopefully them. that waterbed does not bust because <laughs> we'll go get them. those long boxes, you need to get those. We'll go get them. 
those are incredible. And then the second thing I wanted to point out is, um, well, actually two or three things. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, they started re-releasing all of Madonna's vi- uh, albums in vinyl. Ugh. And this they is a sore subject for me, Wayne. The Immaculate Collection. Yes. Um, with like a gold disc. And blue. And blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got that, fortunately. Ugh. Can and I touch it? Yeah, I'll we'll pull it out during a break. <laughs> we'll pull yeah. it out during a break, and you can touch it. Yay! <laughs> this um, party just got a lot better. And then in around 2016, around Rebel Heart tour era. Mm-hmm. In Japan, they re-released a lot of the albums in what they called mini LP versions. Yes. So, um, Immaculate Collection was one of them, and what uh-huh. they did is they reproduced the vinyl that was released originally in 1990. So the disc itself looks like what the middle label would have looked like. Right. And um, included everything that would have been included in the the vinyl version, like the slip cards and everything. Right. It's uh, one of the my, one of my most favorite things about the. Um, I From knew, the Immaculate Collection era. I knew about that, but when I decided to start reinvesting and recollecting my vinyl, I don't know why I felt like one of those bad fan kid like moments where I didn't I had no idea that Immaculate was re-released on the colored vinyl. And I wanted it so badly, and I still want it so badly that I would do anything, Wayne, to get it. Um, but it's unavailable. So there were only like a certain amount made. It's really super hard to find. Now you can find it, but I'm not paying what? Oh, like, it's listed I don't on even know. eBay and Discogs. It's like yeah. $400, $500. It? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I might sell mine. Yeah, and the Madonna kids are like, well, you missed that? It was everywhere. I have it. I'm literally the only it one. It was everywhere. It. it was like sec- at Second and Charles. I missed it. Every, I don't know. Forever. I I've never been to Second and Charles. Let's go. They might still have a copy. They yeah. might, and then I'd feel like an idiot for complaining about it. <laughs> so that's Immaculate Collection. Um, any that other thoughts or uh, things that we didn't talk about that we should have? Um, I think in an hour, Wayne, we, we covered it all. <laughs> that was a lot of fun revisiting that. And um, yeah, I'm sure we missed things. I'm sure people out there will, will fact check us and um, bring up points that we forgot. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? What's that? Did you see the Saturday Night Live Mike Myers spoof of Justify Night? No, you told me to... Um, to Google it, to YouTube it, and I couldn't find it. But did it. you never see it originally? Maybe. I don't remember. I mean, it's really funny. I think this is a, a good point in time where Madonna makes fun of herself. Mm. Um, and I think it shows kind of her humility and kind of just like, yeah, I can laugh this off. What year was that? That was 91. So, so it was around year. the time okay. of like, um, well, no, it was, it was kind of, it was after the video was originally released and it was more closer to like when Truth or Dare was coming out Okay. so that she had, you know, kind of a Press. reason to be on mm-hmm. TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, a spoof with Mike Myers and it was a Wayne's World um, thing. Okay. So if you guys can find that, find that. I have the DVD of Mike Myers' SNL collection and it's on there. Okay. Um, so they, I'd love to they see that. I've never have seen her it. music in there and um, it's it's just very funny and they use pieces of the video and everything like that and they just make it seem like um, Garth is like very uncomfortable in it but he's also the guy that's like <laughs> like Jose Dancing is doing mm-hmm. and yeah so um, I think it's just like really humorous um, and I think it's it's very true to Madonna just kind of like making fun of herself and and kind of saying like 
laughing essentially all the way to the bank because she made so much money yeah. putting that out as a video single. Well, she's always done that. She's always been very... Um, I mean, there's pieces of her art that I think that she takes very um, serious and they're very personal and they're very sacred. Um, but when it comes to taking herself as a whole, I don't. I actually don't think she takes herself too seriously. And I oh, think no. that she's got a really great sense of humor and she's made me laugh a lot. Um, and yeah, it doesn't surprise me, even though I've, I, I don't know if I've seen that or if I just haven't seen it in 30 years, but, um, it doesn't surprise me because yeah, she's witty as shit. Yeah, she is. And everything's ironic. Mm-hmm. You know, as she always says, doing mm-hmm. a very ironic, very juxt- juxtaposition. <laughs> it's very ironic. She says that about everything. She said it a lot about Rebel Heart songs and stuff. We won't get into But anyway, Immaculate Collection. Wow. Thank you for being here. I'm going to have you, you back because I want to talk about the rest of the greatest hits. I want to come um, back. Collections. So um, we're going to do that. Sounds great. All right. Thanks, DJ Joey. Thanks, everyone, for listening. 